0: Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us become conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education and director of GoTeach Global. So, Jim, I have an often asked question. How do we respond when we're all alone in a time of crisis, and even our closest friends are blaming us for the problem? Good question,
1: Paul. Let me suggest that our greatest battles, calamities, or tests often come just before our greatest blessings.
0: That sounds a little contradictory. Can you give me an example?
1: Consider King David for a moment. Look at the background. Samuel anointed David as the next king of Israel. Then David went and killed Goliath from Gath and He even kept Goliath's sword in his tent as a memorial of God's blessing. But King Saul attempted to kill David twice. So David fled from a jealous Saul with Goliath's sword, went over to Gath, and became the bodyguard for King Achish to replace Goliath.
0: Well, that takes some chutzpah.
1: Yeah, but then King Achish gave David the city of Ziklag. And sometime later in the story, the Philistines gathered for war against Saul, but Achish sent David back to Ziklag. That's the background. Now we catch up to the story in 1 Samuel chapter 30. David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. While he was away, the Amalekites attacked Ziklag, burned it, took their wives and sons and daughters captive. David and his men wept aloud till they had no strength left to mourn. In fact, David's men were threatening to stone him Each one was bitter in spirit for the loss of his sons and daughters. And the scripture says, But David found strength in the Lord his God. Think about it for a moment. What if we were all alone in our time of crisis and our best friends were blaming us for the problem? David prayed and asked the Lord, Shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake it? And the Lord answered, Yes. David obeyed and recovered everything the Amalekites had taken. David then divided up what they called the booty and gave gifts to the elders of Judah who had helped him and his men escape from King Saul. But look what is happening at this very same time. The Philistines fought against Israel on Mount Gilboa and the Philistines killed King Saul and his three sons. Fast forward a few days, an Amalekite arrives at David's camp with the crown of King Saul and claimed that he had killed King Saul. David dealt with this treacherous man and then asked the Lord if he should go up to Hebron. The Lord answered, yes. So David went up to Hebron, and there they anointed David the new king over Judah.
0: So it seems David's darkest moment, Ziklag, with the apparent loss of everything he cherished, came a few days before his greatest blessing. Being anointed as king over Judah.
1: Exactly. And that's why we need to consider some life lessons from David's experience. The first life lesson learned from David's experience at Ziklag is that David turns to God for strength in his loneliness and distress. He had no one else. Even loyal supporters were threatening to kill him. David's first response was to seek God's help and comfort rather than getting angry or bitter. Mercifully, we are not explicitly told how he encouraged himself in the Lord, lest we might try to use his method as a secret key to solving our problems. Perhaps he wrote a psalm, maybe he played his harp and sang. Each of us is unique and needs to express his innermost thoughts and feelings to the Lord while remaining true to himself. But secondly, David prayed for counsel, and he sought earthly help as well. David included God in his decision-making process during perhaps the most challenging time in his life. He also showed kindness and nourished an abandoned slave back to health. From this slave, he received valuable information concerning the location of the Amalekite enemies. Third, David, as a leader, had a sense of justice and compassion. Because the Lord gave the victory, David treated the men who had been too exhausted to go into battle with the same share of the spoils of war as those who had fought. Fourth, David, while generous, had wisdom and foresight in his giving. He sent plunder to all those who had assisted him while he was fleeing from King Saul as a thank you. David showed foresight when he shared generously with these leaders because he gained favor from them. David knew he would be king someday and would need the support of these leaders. Fifth, David showed the strength of leadership and character. David's worthless and wicked men, who did not want to share the booty with the 200, would likely have been equally opposed to him giving the plunder to David's friends who had helped protect them. But David did what was right and did not allow the people to influence his decision as King Saul
0: did. Five great principles, but all starting at the point where David encouraged himself in the Lord. Dr. Jim Cunningham is a lifelong learner with a passion and training to help adults to teach. Jim has written a book titled, Men Alive, Conforming to the Image of Jesus Christ. In this book he shares the 12 primary roles of a man. They are an individual, a son, a learner, a friend, a single, a citizen, an employee, a husband, a father, a teacher, a leader, and a disciple. Each of the 12 chapters ends with a set of competencies required to fulfill that role. The related self-assessments make each role come alive. There are also projects for investigation and discussion which can be worked on individually or with a group of men. Jim says, Our goal is to reflect the character of Jesus Christ to each person we meet. Order today your copy of Men Alive, Conforming to the Image of Jesus Christ, available on Amazon.com and at GoTeachGlobal.com. You are listening to Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham. For a free PDF of Dr. Jim's book, Men Alive, Contact him at God at gmail.com. That's God at gmail.com. Now back to Trials and Victories. Chinese pastor Wang Mingdao was under tremendous pressure after his first arrest in the mid-1950s. He was promised release from prison and returned to his pulpit if he would just preach for the government. In his mind, this would be lying, and he was certain he could not live a hypocritical life. Pastor Wong was firm in his resolve until he heard that his beloved wife Deborah had also been arrested and was in grave danger. He heard that she was not eating properly and was growing critically weak because of the poor food she was receiving in prison. She would not survive if something were not done. This news so disturbed him that he broke, and he agreed with his persecutors that he would preach a lie and join the government-controlled church. His plan was to get his wife to safety with her mother, and then he would commit suicide. He reportedly wandered the streets murmuring, I am Peter, I am Peter, and his heart sickness began to affect his body. When the authorities realized he would not compromise himself by preaching in the government-controlled church, Pastor Wong and wife Deborah were re-arrested. She received a 15-year sentence and he, life imprisonment. Early in this second imprisonment, God brought verses from Micah 7, 7 7-9 to his mind, which he had memorized at the age of 21. Part of that passage says, The Lord will bring me out into the light. I will see his justice. Wang Mingdao was no longer afraid for himself or for his wife. He was finally released in 1980 at 80 years of age. Very frail, nearly blind, and all but deaf. He had served over 23 years in prison. His wife Deborah had been released three years earlier for health reasons. But for the remaining 11 years of his life, he was a great encouragement to the church in China, as well as the many foreign visitors that he and Deborah entertained. Are there other examples in Scripture, Jim, of people who went through a deep trial before emerging victorious?
1: Yes, Paul, there are many, and in each case they had an intimate relationship with God that helped them go through the test. For example, it happened to Joseph. He had a normal life, then down to the pit, sold as a slave into Egypt, and later put in prison on false charges, then up to become second in command of Pharaoh's palace. It happened to Daniel. He had a normal life, then down in the lion's den, and then up out of the prison to become number one advisor to King Darius in the land of Babylon. It happened to Moses. He had a normal life as the son of Pharaoh, then down into Midian to look after stinky sheep for some 40 years, then up to be the Lord's anointed to lead some 2 million Jews out of Egypt to the promised land. It happened to Esther. She was a Jewish beauty raised by her older cousin Mordecai, risked her life by going into the king unannounced and up to be the queen of Persia and hero of her people by protecting them from Haman's evil plot. And it happened to Ruth. She had a normal married life in Moab, then her husband died and she moved to a new country, a new culture, new people. Then she met Boaz and became not only his wife, but later mentioned in the lineage of our Lord Jesus Christ. It happened to Job. Job's life was good for the wealthiest man in the region. He had a family, resources, prosperity plus. Then everything around him seemed to go wrong in a cosmic battle between God and Satan. Job lost virtually everything, including his health. Then God delivered him and reestablished him beyond anything he had before. It happened to Saul. This zealous Pharisee of Pharisees encountered the living Christ and because of his new faith was pursued and persecuted until he ended up in a Roman jail, later to be recognized as the primary New Testament writer. It happened to Stephen. Appointed to be a Jerusalem church deacon, he went down to be arrested, put on trial, and stoned to death. This illustration does not initially appear to match the ones mentioned, but in reality it does. Death is not termination, death is transition. Stephen saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God as he entered the presence of our Lord, his
0: ultimate blessing. Didn't it also happen to Jesus Christ himself?
1: sure did. Three years of significant ministry before descending to Gethsemane, Golgotha, and into the grave. Some three days later, resurrected to the heights of glory as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. The New Testament writers repeatedly remind us that when we suffer with Him, we will be glorified with Him. It will happen to us. So be encouraged. The daily pressures in our lives are meant to enhance our character spiritually, enabling us to face greater challenges in the
0: future. There you have it for today, men. We become alive when we encourage ourselves in the Lord, knowing He is in control. For a free PDF of Dr. Jim's book, Men Alive, contact him at menaliveuntogod@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. For more information and for more programs of Men Alive, go to our website at goteachglobal.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks, encouraging you to be Men Alive, transformed into the image of Jesus Christ.